Hello, I'm your host, John, and you're listening to Search for Truth. Thanks for tuning in. It's talk number five today in our Basic Bible Truth series, and this time Brian, our Bible teacher, looks at how we might cultivate the art of prayer. Last week, Brian took a close look at the value of Bible reading, where we give God the opportunity to speak to us, and prayer, on the other hand, is mainly where we have the opportunity to speak to God. And this is just as vital in our development as disciples of Christ. So, let's hear more about prayer with Brian. Thanks, John. Yes, in praying, it's helpful to begin by learning from a child's basic vocabulary. Sorry, thanks and please. For example, in the Psalms of the Bible, which are prayers after all, the four key responses that come up again and again are wow, sorry, thanks and help. As we mature in spiritual things, it's good when a more experienced Christian can show us how to be thoughtful in prayer. Prayer is one of the great privileges of a Christian, to have spiritual communion with the Almighty. Think of Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Hannah. Think of David, Daniel, Esther and many others. And you'll see that men and women in the Bible who had a strong faith and were used of God were also those who had a vibrant prayer life. Effective prayer is speaking with the Father in the name of the Son and by the Holy Spirit who is in us. Jesus said, Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Praying like that is the way God's chosen to bring his blessings to his children. It also emphasises the personal relationship we have with God. More than that, in the act of praying, we acknowledge that God is sovereign. That means we're to pray according to his will and in line with his values. We are to pray with a clear conscience and a clean heart in conformity with God's character and consistently with his revealed purposes. These are among the conditions for answered prayer and living in the joy of it. In that way, we claim in prayer those things which are his promises to us. But how do we go about it? Where can we get to know God's will and what his values are? In the Bible, of course. The more we relate our prayer requests... To what the Bible reveals, the better it will be. We must always rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance, not only praying in the Word, but praying in the Spirit. Prayer is so important for a Christian that the Holy Spirit will help us when we don't even know how we should pray. The Spirit moves our hearts so that we're able to ask in accordance with God's will. When our prayer is led by the Holy Spirit, it's effective. This is praying in the Holy Spirit. Many Christians use the expression having their quiet time to mean the time they set aside each day for stilling their souls in the presence of God. When we prepare to enjoy fellowship with our Maker, it's good to shut ourselves off from 101 everyday things that otherwise clutter our lives and minds. It's also wise to set a daily, regular time to pray, and the best is at the start of the day, Make this your quiet time. Let nothing hold you back from spending time with God. When we stick to this, it'll be a time of spiritual refreshment, in communion with God, praising him and pouring out our hearts to him. There's no better advice than the Lord's when he counselled us to have a particular place to retire to where we can be free from interruptions, where we can disentangle ourselves from our daily duties and from the worries and pressures that come with life. Two things which belong together are praying 
and watching. And that watching includes ring-fencing our time commitment, as well as looking out for answers. I don't know whether your habit is to pray out loud, or whether you pray silently during your personal prayers at home. The Bible records the Lord's instruction as being, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, etc. It's often helpful to pray audibly, even in private. To say the prayer rather than just to think it. It can be an aid to concentration when we actually put it into spoken words. It helps to guard against wandering thoughts or skating too glibly over a range of different issues without any real depth of thought. This habit is even a help when it comes to breaking what we might call the sound barrier of audibly praying with others. Also, while we're on practical things, in personal prayer, it's good to kneel as Daniel did. This shows our humility before God, for he's a great God and a great king, as it says in the book of Psalms. It was the Lord Jesus himself who taught us in Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know, early African converts to Christianity were serious about praying. Each had a separate spot in the woods where he or she would pray. The paths to these became well-worn. If someone began to neglect prayer, it was soon apparent to the others who advised, Brother, the grass grows on your path. But that doesn't always mean that praying comes naturally, as easy as breathing. The Bible itself recognises there will be times when we don't know how to pray as we ought. And if you're like me, from time to time, you'll be jolted into realising just how shallow your prayer life has become. There may well be times, too, when we feel spiritually dry, and not at all in the right frame of mind for praying. Of course, these are the times when we need prayer all the more. If we persevere with the discipline of prayer, even when it feels more like a duty than genuine devotion, and speak to God about how we feel, we'll soon find the exercise once more becomes a delight. The Lord had something to say about this. He also spoke a parable unto them that men ought always to pray and not become discouraged. Those were his words in Luke chapter 18. And in that section of Luke chapter 18, by means of two parables on the topic of prayer, the Lord Jesus taught the value, indeed the requirement, of persistent faithful praying and true humility. In other words, don't give up even when you're tempted to do so and aim to have the right attitude, avoiding the pride that makes us critical or jealous of others. As regards prayer, there's no restriction only in our faith. We must ask in accordance with God, knowing that he can do more than we actually are asking and thinking. The Lord promised, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. No sin may remain hidden in our hearts, no anger or resentment toward others, if our praying is to be effective. This grieves the Holy Spirit and hinders us in prayer. If others have caused us harm, we should pray about it first and then talk about it with them. If we've sinned in any way, we ought to confess this to God and ask him for forgiveness in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's found in 1 John chapter 1. By the blood of Jesus, we're cleansed from sin and forgiven and our prayers will then be answered. As Proverbs 15 says, the prayer of the upright is his delight. He's delighted to answer such prayer. As we grow in our faith and in our prayer life, there will be more and more things and people we can pray for. 
Some Christians have a prayer list with the names of persons and different things noted, depending on the need. The more we pray for others, the more the Spirit of God uses us to help them. The more we pray for others, the stronger we will be ourselves. Our spiritual strength and vitality depends to a large extent on our prayer life. Someone once said, No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. The Apostle Paul often begins his Bible letters with an acknowledgement of God's grace in others, an expression of gratitude as well as joy, and a reference to his prayerfulness. These things together reflect a passionate spirituality. We must also remember that our Heavenly Father already knows the things that we need even before we ask Him. But He often waits until we tell Him what our needs are, even though He already knows them. But we shouldn't come to Him with a doubtful heart, but rather in the quiet assurance by faith that He'll answer us in the best way and at the appropriate time. For as Psalm 18 says, His way is perfect. The Lord's first followers said, Lord, teach us to pray. In response, the Lord gave them an example of praying with six major points. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We might expect at any one time to major on perhaps only two or three of these points as the Holy Spirit leads us. Our Father in heaven, it begins, which at once reminds us that we're on the earth and God's in heaven. But this is an approach to God that's based on relationship. This form of address captures the intimacy of a child's relationship with its parent and the bold asking which that can lead to, but without any undue familiarity. This is the intimate reverence of the adoring child of God coming in a spirit of awe and worship. Of the six points in this model prayer, the first three are most definitely God-centred, dealing with God's name, God's kingdom and God's will. We could hardly be reminded more forcibly that true prayer is a concern for the glory of God. It isn't first and foremost about me getting my needs met, but about me giving God his rightful place. And when I give God his rightful place, then I'm put in my true place as I humble myself and through prayer express my total dependence on God in all his sovereignty over my life. This prayer acknowledges that God's on the throne and he's holy. The first point made in the prayer is, hallowed be your name. The Bible reminds us elsewhere that holy and reverend is God's name and we want it to be displayed that way by the way we live, to live more nearly as we pray, as one hymn writer has put it. Then the words, your will be done, seem to cause confusion today. Some people appear to use them at the conclusion of a specific request, almost as though they were a kind of face saver, just in case the desired result doesn't materialise. Others wonder why we need to bother to pray at all, if God's going to do what he wants anyway. His will is sovereign after all, isn't it? But these words really teach us that the bottom line of all our praying has got to be, do what you want in my life, Lord. The essence of prayer is not me bending his will to mine, but it's about me bowing my will to his. Real prayer takes place when we plead in the power of the Spirit for what God desires. That requires that we be in tune with God, of course. 
We understand prayer best, I believe, when we understand it to be a response to his initiative. He hears and acts when our prayer is according to his will, and his spirit moves his children into the current of God's will as they spend time in prayer. Now, as always, I remind you that if you'd like to receive one of the transcript books for this series, please write in and let us know, making sure to let us have your postal address. Ask for the title Basic Bible Truths. You can order by email or by post, and here are our contact details. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. I'll repeat that. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You may be interested to know that you can listen again to many of these broadcasts off-air by audio podcast or MP3 versions. If you go to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can browse the list of previous talks, which are categorised to assist you to find uh, what you're looking for. So, thanks very much for the privilege of your company. As we come to the end of another programme, it's been great to have you with us, and God willing, I hope you'll be able to join us again next week. Until then, very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you. Thank you.